Praise the Lord. How many are here this morning? I'm here. How many sent a body double? Of it? We used to call them mannequins. Remember the mannequins in the, that would be in the department store? They look, they look happy, but they don't have any expression and any uh -oh. movement. So it's okay. I want you to know if you're, if you're here today, you're in a good place. And God loves you. He's not mad at you. And he's going to help you and all of us today. We're going to leave here in a better place than we came. Yes. Amen. How many believe that? That you I leave increased that. every time you come? Every time we come. Amen. And so uh, if we say amen or if we read something that's really good or say something that's good, it's okay to respond. It's okay to say amen. Now, you might say that's weird. No, you do it all, you do it all the time. This, this time next week, you will have eaten Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Mm -hmm. And if, if you have some good pie, mm. like, man, I like some good pie. You have some good pie, I guarantee you, you'll respond. You don't just sit there eating the best thing you've ever eaten in your life. You just sit there. No. What do no. you do? No. What I do is with my mouth full, I begin to say, oh, my God, <laughs> Jesus is Lord. This is amazing. I'm loving this pie, right? And so, uh, I mean, it might be dripping out my face. But anyhow, <laughs> praise the Lord. We're happy to be with you today. I've been gone the last two weeks, and in seven days, I preached 16 times. Wow seven days, but I'm alive to tell about it. Amen. Glad to tell. Three of those, the last three of those times were a bilingual service, so I was working with a translator, so really you could say, that's 19 times, because right. I mean, my sermon got preached twice, yes. once yes. in English, once in Spanish, and praise, praise the Lord. Lord, I think the people understood, <laughs> praise, between both of us, yeah. and so uh, happy to be with you today. How many know that being in church is better than being in the best prison in town? That's true. Being in church is better than being in the best hospital in town? True. That's true. Amen. Yeah. Some people, you look at them, you're not so sure they know that. Yeah. And so that's why we let you know. It's good to be here. It's good to, it's good good to, to be, be here. here. And so uh, today, I want to minister to you something that the Lord has put on my heart. And, and uh, by the way, I won't be here next week either. I'll be preaching uh, close to Beaumont, Texas next week. And, but I want you to be here. Yes. Because all of us need to be in the habit of, of every service being here to hear the things of God. Say it again. Amen. Okay, so yes. you just say amen for everybody. Okay. So they're not going to. But we won't beat you too hard. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I'm, uh, I'm ex like I said, I'm excited to get to be here and, yes. and uh, minister the things of God. Now, in honor, of, in honor of the past year or two or three, and of all of the uh, investigations that have gone on in Congress and Everything, just, just uh, don't, don't get scared. But in honor of all of the things that go on, I want to preach today about the great cover-up. Okay. The great cover-up. So I'm going to know somebody, people thinking always somebody's covering up something. Uh -huh. And they're trying to uncover what's been covered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to have you turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to preach on the great cover-up mm -hmm. today. Oh, you're going to be so glad you heard this. 1 Peter chapter 4, thank you Lord for your word, and I uh, ask you to believe with me that, that we are able to minister this like, like we're supposed to, but we want to read, in talking about the great cover-up, we want to read the 8th verse, 1 Peter 4, verse 8, where the Lord says to us, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Isn't that an awesome verse? Above all, 
you understand if the Bible says above all, what's yeah. it mean? <laughs> it means above all. Yeah. It means yeah. first priority. Before right. you do anything else, or we say it this way, if you're not going to do anything else, do this. Do this. Keep loving one another earnestly. If you look up the Greek word where it's translated here, earnestly, it's also, you could also use the word intensely. Love one another intensely. You ever met anybody who was an intense individual? You need to love intense. What does the intense individual ever do? They're, it's, they're always, they just won't, they won't let down. They just don't let down. They're just always intense. You know, they, they like the football players on the team uh, when they say, man, they got a high motor. They're intense. They just don't stop until the whistle blows. Well, that's what, that's what you want for a football player. And for Christians, we want you to be loving until the whistle blows. Amen. <laughs> and I'll just tell you something. The whistle ain't going to blow. Right. We're, there's right. never a time right. where you can stop loving. And so we want to love one another earnestly or intensely since love covers. What are we talking about? The great cover-up. Love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Aren't you glad? Yes. yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that love covers? Yes. Has God in your life ever overlooked anything? <laughs> we just have some of you, some of you are just looking straight ahead anyhow with a blank look. So just keep doing that. We won't know we're talking about you. Has God ever just turned the page and moved on? Instead of rubbing stuff in your face yes. and holding it against you and bringing it up two years later, mm. bringing it up three years later, well, you remember you did this, huh? Come on. One of the most powerful characteristics of the love of God is its role in forgiveness. Mm. Praise the Lord. Yes. And uh, there will be times in our relationships with other people where you will be tempted to do what we call lose it. Lose your cool, lose your peace, just lose it on that other person. You didn't know you were going to get this today at church, did you? This, is good. This, is good. this will help us. Do you know the Bible talks about these things? Mm -hmm. yes. You might say, Brother Joel, I just wanted to go to heaven when I died. <laughs> well, this will help you stay around here a little longer. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yes, and, uh, and not die so quick. Mm -hmm. But listen, how many know? You and me, all of us included, there's times where, where you will be tempted with other people to just, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you get fed up with the things that they do and the things that bother you, and you just really want to let them have it. None of, you are, none of you are looking like I'm talking to you, but I'd say I'm just preaching to me today, and you can listen in if you like. And, and as you, uh, so as you let them have it, and none of you have ever done this, but I'll just talk about me. As you let that person have it, instead of dealing with the one thing that made you angry, you add to it, and you're able to, you're able to somehow come up with a list of everything that they've ever done oh, <laughs> that's wrong. And you include words like always. Mm -hmm. You always mm -hmm. or never. You never do this. Uh -huh. and, and the more the criticism flows, it's almost like you tap into something. Yeah. And the more it flows, the better you feel. Uh -huh. And you may end it by saying, you know, you never think of anyone except... Preach with me to everybody, yourself. And, and much of what you just said in that little diatribe, much of what you said may be true, and some of it 
may be exaggerated, depending on who you ask, but you got it out. You got it out. And then what does the other person do? Well, <laughs> I wouldn't do those things if you, yeah. huh? I wouldn't do that if you didn't do that, uh-huh. huh? Yeah. I have to live with you and all your issues, which is why I do the things I do. And there's this back and forth. You don't do this, and you don't do this, and you don't do this. And people are, what they're doing is they're turning over every rock, and they are uncovering. Oh, did you hear that? They are uncovering a multitude of sins. <laughs> but how many know the Bible doesn't tell us to uncover a multitude of sins? Come on now, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's, uh, whether it's employee, employer, parent, child, husband, and wife, relationships face friction. Yeah. And sometimes it gets so intense that people can't keep it just between the two of them. They got to go tell, oh, I hope I'm not preaching to anybody here. They got to go tell their friends about the problems that they're having. Let me tell you, let me tell you about my husband. Let me tell you about let me tell you about what that wife of mine. Let me tell you what my old lady. Now you never hear me call her that. It's amazing. I have friends that and and I started to notice this, you know, five, ten years ago, when I'm not that old, I'm still not that old, but I got friends and they're talking to me about their old lady, talking about their wife. I'm like, what my God? And then if I ever see if I ever see her. I realize your words turned her into what you were saying because she looks the part. She looks the part. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people go telling it and spreading it and saying, well, you know, this one, there's just that. And people want sympathy. We understand that. And they want somebody to agree with them and, and, and take sides with them. And they want to feel like the victim. Uh, and have everyone see how they've been hurt. Oh, well. Smile, just smile. Come on, smile, everybody, please. It's good. It's good. <laughs> and society tells us that when you're hurt, you need to tell your story because telling your story is part of the healing process. But, but we don't just listen to what society says no. No. because God's word says differently. Yes. <sighs> I hope you have a church left next week when I'm here. I don't know. But, but God's word tells us to be intense, but not with friction, no. but with love. with love. Don't ever let down. Don't ever back down with love. love. Amen. Amen. And God's word tells us not to spread it, but to conceal it. Mm-hmm. God's word tells us to cover it up. Cover up. Mm-hmm. The great cover up. The great cover up. <laughs> Hallelujah. If politicians can do it, Christians can do it. <laughs> Amen. I'm not taking political sides here. You understand that? I, 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 who knows what to believe? And, and, but every Christian should be engaged in a cover-up every day. Every day they ought to be hiding things. Amen. Now, what kind of things are we to hide specifically? Right. Specifically, <laughs> the sins of others against you. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not talking about our sins. It's that we're not to go out and sin ourselves and cover it up right. because the Bible tells us we're to confess our sins. Right. We're to confess our sins before God and then before the people we wronged. Right. 
Do you know if your sins hurt another person, don't just tell it to God. I mean, he will almost always have you go to that person and make it right with them. Oh, Lord. I feel like I'm getting beat up this morning. I'm the one preaching. I mean, this, is, this is actually is not bad news. If you'll hang with me, this is good news. You'll see it. Amen. And, and so we're not, but we're not to confess the sins of others. No. What does confess mean? Speak. To speak what? Speak about it. We're not to confess the sins of others. And so this verse is particularly talking about when people, when others sin against you. It's not talking about, so don't worry, it's not talking about turning a blind eye to injustice right. or abuse right. or anything like that. We're not talking about that. But, we're, but it's talking primarily about when people just get, ah, when, they, when you just want to give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so how do we cover up sins? We're to do it with this thing called love. And... The love, when, when the New Testament's talking about love, almost always it's talking about a little something different than what we talk about when we say love, just as humans. Right. It's not talking just about natural human love. It's talking about the love of God, the Greek word agape. Agape. Yeah. It, and really what agape, if you study the love of God, my definition of agape, it's the giving love of God. It's the giving love of God. And that giving is not based on somebody's performance, but it's just based on the goodness of God himself. Amen. We, we, you hear it said this, uh, this way, unconditional love. Agape. Everybody say agape. You are now a Greek scholar. Say it again. Agape. Agape. And so we, to, we are to agape one another intensely. We are to intensely agape. You might turn to somebody you know and say, I'm going to agape you. I'm going to agape you intensely. And in doing so, if you will love one another intensely, that love will cover up sins, will cover up misdeeds, will cover up transgressions. Now, why must we cover up sins? Why are we interested in doing that? Because sin kills things sin kills things we're not going to have you turn there but in Romans 6 verse 23 the Bible says the wages of sin is death what, what, what do you mean wages well wages are what you get paid the payment if you sin you'll have to pay up and the payment for sin is death don't just think about death in terms of you physically dying you you can experience Degrees of death all the time. Right. Uh, how many know a business can, st- can, if not total death, can have decline? Yep. Things can be destroyed. Yep. Yep. Things can be affected negatively, right. and that, that is degrees of death. Yes. The reason we want to cover up sin is because if sin's let, uh, allowed to run its course, it kills things. That's right. It kills things. Yeah. And so if your wife or if your spouse sins against you in what they say and you don't cover that up but you go ahead and you jump in and you add your sin hello of responding the same way and you just let it go and let it go and let it go what are you doing you are pouring fuel on the fire of that thing and you are inviting death you are inviting 
decay. You are inviting destruction. And can I just say, you're inviting the devil, right. who is a real being, just like God's a real being. You're inviting that into your relationship. Right, man. Right. That's why you want to cover up instead of carve it up. You want to cover it up instead of carving it up. How many have ever, oh, don't, you know, don't raise your hand, this is just rhetorical, you know, how many have ever used your tongue to carve? I'm not talking just about carving that Thanksgiving turkey. How many have used your tongue to do some slicing and dicing on someone's life? Or how many have ever had it done to you? Do you know how it feels when you feel like you've been carved up you got a, a tongue lashing a tongue whipping right, right? Yeah. the bible says over in proverbs chapter 12 that the tongue of the wise brings healing and before that it says there is one that's whose words are like sword thrusts mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. you don't want to be using your tongue to carve up somebody's life no. you want to use your tongue as an instrument of healing Amen. Yes. Everybody say, cover it up. Cover it up. Don't, carve it up. Don't carve it up. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we must do. Amen. Now, if you would, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to look at another verse. How many are getting something today? When you find your feathers being ruffled, when you start to boil over with rage, I know you wouldn't, but I mean, I'm talking to me here. <laughs> you have two choices. Yeah. You can carve it up uh-huh. or you can cover it up mm-hmm. with love. Yeah. Now, this is one of the things that makes the life of a Christian very different than the life of, of the unbeliever because we're, we're taught in society, always stand up for yourself, always defend yourself. Always fight back. Always, if you're right, always fight for what is right. That's not entirely untrue, but it's not entirely true. There's times as a believer that there's something more important than being right. And that's love. Above all, remember what it said? Above all, love. Above all, love. Above all, love. Above all, agape. (laughs) Above being right. Above having your way. Yep. I'm just the messenger. If you don't like the message, I'm reading the Bible today. Yeah. So you know the saying, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. Right. Amen. Did you find 1 Corinthians 13? Yes. I want to read to you. And I want to read this then out of the Amplified Bible after I read it out of the ESV here. 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to just read verse 5. And it says... Love, well, verse 4, we'll start with 4. It says, love is patient and kind. Patient and kind. Can you do that? How many can be patient and kind? Yes, until. Well, that's why we have to go on reading. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Now, here we go. It, uh, It does not insist... On its own way, it is not irritable. Do I need to say it again? It is not irritable or resentful. 
Now, are you ready to look at this in the Amplified Bible? Remember, I didn't write the Bible. I'm just the messenger. Look at this verse in the Amplified Bible, if you would. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. How many know we could preach on that part for a while, but that's not today. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. <laughs> for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy. Here we go. Here we go. It is not touchy. What's, what does it mean to be touchy? Well, when you touch and somebody goes, ah, 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 that's touchy. When something touches you that you didn't want touching you, I'm not talking about physically. You know what I mean. I'm talking about somebody does something and it touches you and you respond, ah, that's touchy. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It, oh, Jesus, it takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. People in the world, people who are not believers in Christ, they do not do this. They're, they're taught not to do this. They're taught if somebody does something to you, tell it. Now again, we're not talking about uh, ignoring abuse. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about they hurt my feelings. Well, it's a hate crime. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, people can go extreme with stuff. Right. There is such a thing, I understand, as, as, as that. But, right. but people can go extreme with stuff. Oh, you said something that made me feel uncomfortable. Lawsuit. Come on now. No, no, no. That's not what the Christian does. That's not the Christian life that you signed up for when you received. I know it's not fair. Because we have you receive Christ first. And then tell you all about it. That's called faith. You have to trust that, that, that God's word, everything in this book, we can't tell everybody. First of all, you can't understand it without being a, a believer because God comes to live in you when you're born again. Amen. Amen. You, you don't have the capacity It's because it's not a mental book. It's a spiritual book. And so you have to be spiritually connected to God to understand this. And so you, we, you can't understand it all before you make the decision, do I want to? You, no, you say, Jesus, you died for me. And you gave everything for me, and so I give everything for you, and you go into this not knowing everything. Right. But now I'm telling you, yeah. Amen. this is what Amen. you said yes to. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm happy. We're smiling. <laughs> We're smiling. And so let me just ask you, who do you know that actually does that? Takes no account to the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. And again, I'm not asking for an actual answer. But just look, just look straight ahead. And who do you know that actually does that? Well, there was this one guy. Um, they whipped him. They took the crown of thorns. They, they smashed it into his head. They put him on the cross, and the Bible says, like a sheep going to slaughter, he opened not his mouth. <laughs> that was love, because he did all that for us. That's love. But it should be every Christian who does this. And, and, the, and we read earlier... In the first verse we looked at, 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, above all. So this ought to be the first thing, one of the first things we learn, one of the first things we do. Wow. Oh, Jesus. It's, how many know, would agree, it sounds like the hardest thing in the world to do <laughs> sometimes. But to respond to what insults you 
with agape. Yeah. A, right. giving, a giving flow. Yeah. Not just an ignoring flow. A giving flow of God's love. Meaning, instead of slapping or shouting or pouting, you find a way to express God's unselfish love. Instead of holding the person's offense against you, uh, against them rather, as a debt that they owe you, you take their account down to zero. And not only that, you act as though you owe them and give to them. Oh, Jesus. Did you get that? That's love. You may not like it, but I'm telling you, you should like it. There's a reason. That's how you got saved. That's how I got saved. He didn't hold... He didn't hold our offenses and our transgressions against us. Right, right. Amen. I'm going to say it again. And I know I'm reading a lot today, but the Lord put this on my heart. So, wait, where'd it go? Here it is. Instead of slapping or shouting or pouting, you find a way to express God's unselfish love. And instead of holding the person's offense against them as a debt they owe you, you know what I'm talking about with that? Putting that on your list. You take their account to zero and don't just leave it there. But then you do something for them as if you owe them. What do you mean do something for them? You want to say, I can't stand you. But instead of saying that, you say, I sure love you. (laughs) Sorry to have to preach this to you, but... Now, this might sound doable to you sitting here because you've just been worshiping God. <laughs> you just had your mind on Him. And you're not, maybe you're not upset at anybody at the moment. But as soon as somebody does you wrong, you'll think, this, that's not what this was talking about. This doesn't apply here. That's, that's not what the pre- surely this Surely what this person was doing is exempt. Yeah. But no, it's not, actually. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> and how hard this is, actually, it depends on... Whether, you, whether or not you do what the Bible says and crucify your flesh. Because all the feelings of rage and revenge and indignation are your flesh. And when you get upset and your flesh rises up, you have to override it and act in the opposite fashion. Listen, I'm preaching to me today. Amen. And when your level of love, your level of agape is more intense than the level of your anger, then you can do this. And if you're not practiced in the love of God, it's going to be hard at first. But stay with it. I am still growing in this. But I am committed to it because it's what we're told to do above all. And I want you to know that everything depends on this. And this is what is not always understood. Why this is so important. People believe, Christians included, they believe that there are no consequences to just acting naturally. But we are not to act naturally, we're to act supernaturally. Yes. Now, can I, can I show you a little bit more scripture? Yes. Yes. First, first of all, we'll look at two here, but first of all, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And I know we put it on the screen. If you can get in the habit of bringing your Bible mm-hmm. to church, it'll help you because you need to learn where everything is, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's God talking to you here. Yes. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, did you find it? Verse 31, we'll read here. Ephesians 4, 31, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, I don't even know what clamor is, but it just sounds nasty, doesn't it? Clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. Let me ask you something. Would you really have to write, Ephesians was written to a church. Do you really have to write to Christians and tell them? 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. What's slander? Spreading it. Let it all be put away from you along with all malice. Next one. Next verse, if you would. And be kind, Christians. Be kind. You might say, well, we're not, we're not kindergartners. Yet you have to tell kindergartners, be kind, Johnny. Be kind, Susie. Yeah. But why do you have to tell Christians that, you know, people that are mature enough to have received Christ, why would you have to tell them that? Because there's a lot of things, if you've noticed, there's a lot of things you never outgrow from kindergarten. Yeah. Come on <laughs> huh? There's 40-year-olds don't know how to be kind. There's 70-year-olds don't know how to be kind. We are to be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Look at this, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Amen. You might not have it highlighted, but it's in your Bible. Yes. This is what we're supposed to do this above all. Go with me to this other uh, uh, verse I'd like you to see, James, the third chapter. There are, because I started to say a second ago, there are consequences to failing to walk in this God kind of love. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And the reason we preach this, the reason God would have us preach this, is because the Lord, certainly us, we don't want any of us to fail to have his best. That's, that's, what, that's what this is all about. That's why we come together. God, God doesn't want you to just go through life having available to you all of his goodness, all of his help, and, and you go through life not accessing it, not experiencing it. And so this is just to help you. Amen. 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 And, and yes, it can be uncomfortable. It can sound impossible sometimes. And, and, and you might think, well, I know the Bible says that, but you don't know who I live with. <laughs> and I'll say to you, I don't know who you live with, but the Bible says this. And let's put the Bible above who you live with, shall we? Amen. The response today is just really, it's overwhelming. (laughs) But I understand, I understand. You know, the Bible says the word of God is a two-edged, is sharper than a two-edged sword. And what does a sword do when it's really sharp and and you come in contact with that sword? It cuts. Has anybody here ever been cut physically? Mm -hmm. Is it the most pleasant thing you've ever experienced? No. And so when a sword, but how many know God's cuts are good? When we talked about carving somebody's life up with your tongue, that's not the right kind of cut. But God's sword will cut you good. It might hurt at first. But it'll put you, but it'll cut off of you what doesn't need to be in you. And you'll live a different kind of life. Amen. 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 Oh man, this is, this is helpful. Wouldn't it be wonderful? And I don't know you intimately and I don't know all you go through and and for all I know, um, for all I know, you may not have any challenges in this area, like I do. <laughs> I mean, you all look pleasant, you all look good, you all look sweet. Mm-hmm. But if you were routinely dealing with the fact that this angers me and this it makes me fed up, and you didn't have to live that way, yeah. and that could change, wouldn't you be interested in it? Yes. Amen. Amen. Your doctor would appreciate it. Every time they squeeze that little ball. <laughs> I'm going to know what I'm talking about. You're here. Okay, did you find James chapter 3? We won't keep you too much longer. Amen. Just maybe three or four more hours. No, I'm joking. Just a few minutes. 
James 4, uh, 3 rather, verse 14. It says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Now, other translations, instead of selfish ambition, say strife. Jealousy and strife. You know what those things feel like when they rise up in you? What do they do? It's like they get all, it's like something's bouncing around uncontrollably on the inside of you. Next verse. If you have that in your hearts, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. In other words, uh, the jealousy and strife, that's not from God. But it's earthly, it's unspiritual, it is demonic. When you participate in demonic things. Now people, you talk about demonic things, all, they th- all people think about is, you know, somebody having a big drawing on the floor and carving up, ch- taking the heads off of chickens and, and all the, you know, whatever Satan worship is. There's a lot more that's demonic that you and I actually deal with every day rather than having a witchcraft or, or, uh, or a, Satan, a satanic service. No. Bitter jealousy, envy, strife. Strife. The things we're talking about today are demonic. And so when you engage in those things, and instead of covering up, if you start to carve it up, and you become a participant in that, you are opening the door, so to speak, and inviting in the presence of demons, the devil. For him to do his work, what does the devil do? John 10.10, every Christian should know John 10.10. I'm going to act like you do. John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief comes only to, say it with me, to steal and kill and destroy, but I'm come that they might have life more abundantly. (coughs) The enemy wants to steal, kill, destroy in your life, but he can't do it without your cooperation. And one of the big ways he tries to get you to cooperate is to try to get you to participate in that which opens the door to him. Woo! Which way do we run in church? Is it this way or that way? Amen. Praise God. Sorry, I almost preached my voice out. Glory to God. We're going to close this up here. To respond in anger and frustration like is only natural, but we can't live only natural. To respond that way is to escalate the matter. And when you do, you depart from the anointing of God and you open the door to the devil. When you respond with agape, it's not natural. It's not natural. It's supernatural. You want to smack them, but instead you reach out and you hug them. That kind of response opens the door for God's power to flow in stronger measures. And what do you need if the other person is being a bozo? You need God to work because your words aren't going to do it. You've tried it a million times. You've tried it. You've already tried to get them to do it with your words and it didn't work. You need God to work. And the way to get God to work is to love and open the door for His presence and power to flow. Yes, that's right. Yes, amen. Amen. So you can let the situation situation escalate or you can put God's love to it and let that thing evaporate (laughs) let it eradicate come on man we're preaching this morning where's my where's my organ that's playing behind me (laughs) amen 
We walk, we're going to walk in love. You know, you can be in strife all by yourself. It's not just something you get into with other people. Any loss of the peace of God is strife. Now, I'll tell you one of the reasons why this is so real to me is because I I have experience in this just recently. You don't probably want to hear it. Or do you want to hear it? Because you have to understand what a target, and nobody said yes, but my wife, so I'll tell you. You got to understand what a target, if you're living for God, you are, you have a target on your back. The enemy does not want you to uh, just to live for God unopposed. He doesn't want you to make a difference. He doesn't want you to make an impact. He doesn't want your life to reach other people. But don't be scared of him. God's given us all we need to overcome. Amen. And so this week I found myself really just, just giving my wife, sorry to say, my sweet wife, you love her, just giving her a good tongue lashing this week. And then I did it. It felt so good to do it that I just did it again a few minutes later. Just ripped into her. The only thing about it is she wasn't even there. I was driving alone, and I don't know, a thought came of your wife didn't do this like she should have done this. Now, she might ask me later, what are you talking about? I'll tell you right now, I don't even remember. I have no idea. I have no idea what it was that started that. But I just started talking about this out loud, out loud, I was saying it. And the more I I did, then I started to remember other things. And I started saying out loud, and I I was having an argument with her without her knowledge. Just giving it to her. And then I caught myself. I caught myself. And I, see, because it's not enough to just stop responding in the negative. You have to answer it with agape. Yes. You got to answer it with the word of God. And I yes. caught myself and I stopped and I said, no, that's not God. This isn't right. And I started to say the opposite. I said, I love my wife. She is a blessing to me. She's my sweetheart. And I'll tell you what. Just, just the same way as once I started getting in that flow of strife, mm-hmm. how it kept going, it kept going, and all, what am I doing? All of a sudden I sense a presence, but it wasn't God, but I sense a presence. Yes, keep going down this line. Keep tearing her up, carve it up. And then when you, when, and when you see her, then say these, things, say these same things to her when you see her. It was, like, it was like I could jump on this and run with it. It was, it was an empowerment, but it wasn't from God. No. But when I answered it with the truth, when I said, that, that's, this is a trap. That's what I said. This is a trap. Right. This is the enemy trying to get me to, so he can work. And we can lose things and he can kill and he can destroy things. Wow. Wow. And so, but when I, started, when I started saying what God would say, right. when I started saying what's true, then I tapped into another flow, and it was God. Yeah. And, and as I kept saying it, I kid you not, I kept saying it, I kept talking about it. I'm like, I can't wait to get home and put my hands on her, my lips on her lips. <laughs> yes, I, yes, and that's what I did. But I tell you, I was tempted, you'll be tempted. Right. Right. So what did I have to do? I had to engage in the great cover-up. To where it's amazing when I started responding with love instead of strife that I can't even remember what it was. And nine times out of ten, 
it's not, even, it's not significant enough right. or important enough to even remember it, much less open the door to the devil over it. Now, I, you just witnessed a miracle because I just preached a three-week sermon to you today. What would normally take me weeks to teach out, but God helped us today. And, and that was it. Did you receive something? Did you receive some help from that today? Above all, above all, love one another intensely for love covers up a multitude of sins. Well, I forgave him for that before, but not this time. Multitude, multitude, not twice. Right. <laughs> not twice. Amen. You know what? I'm, listen, I'm talking about leaving the, the, the toilet lit up. Come on. I'm talking about. Come on. Yep. I'm not talking about he beat you. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about stuff that, that, no. that shouldn't let go. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Crumbs on the table. Crumbs on the table. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Talk to, let God's power work in the situation. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we're grateful today for your word, and we commit to be those who walk in love. We say, Father, that according to your word, with your great help, we're going to learn not to carve it up, but to cover it up. Thank you, Father, for each one here today, that their lives are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I hope you receive something today, friends. Listen, don't just leave here. When we're going we're to dismiss, but there's some, there's some coffee I know I'm not a coffee drinker, but there's coffee, and I don't know, is there a treat or something? There's something to eat probably back there too. And so stay, have a little bite, let us, let us say hello to you, and uh, you're dismissed.